Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause, and I'm I'm just super excited, really, that we're going to talk about one of the most interesting topics around and one of the most fundamental aspects to our health, and that is the gut microbiome. And I'm delighted to be joined by Natalie Woodman. She is a gut health practitioner and a clinical nutritionist, and she specializes in women in the perimenopause and menopause years. Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. I mean, the gut microbiome is super excited. Might just start with, I mean, how did you get into being so interested in particularly the gut microbiome and nutrition in general? Well, I sort of um, fell fell across it by accident. So I was a teacher by trade, um, a speech and drama teacher at high school. And then my, uh, with a young baby, we moved to Japan thinking it was only going to be a year. I was married to a Canadian. We thought we'd go to Canada. And after one year turned into 15 years and three kids and, you know, a house full of furniture and a couple of cats. And we came back and we lived a very hectic, busy life and came back. And then my first few years back in Australia, I just started to, my health started declining quite rapidly. And I was, I had early menopause. So it was about 42, 43. And um, huge health issues. So put on weight, put on about 15 kilos, chronic eczema. I was itching all the time. I was sleeping with ice packs on my arms. Um, but the worst of it, you know, it's amazing what you put up with. You sort of like, oh, well, it's all part and parcel of it. And this is what my life is and all the rest of it. But one of the worst things was chronic pain and eventually such chronic back pain that I passed out and I went through a shower screen um, and was hospitalized and, um, you know, cut through my, my thing. And I was laying in bed and when I was going to practitioners and you sort of, you know, um, you know, GPs, they were just saying that, look, it's your age. So this is what you have to get used to. This is all part and parcel of aging. And I'm thinking 44, you've got to be kidding. So I just, you know, that was just like a red rag to a bull. I thought, no, so I went back to uni and started, um, nutrition and I sort of fell across some readings of um that was coming out of America at the time about the gut microbiome and it just I don't know pinged and you know it's really interesting what you know about the gut microbiome now and the gut brain the brain gut and the gut intuition and all the rest of it considering I sort of really probably trashed my gut microbiome quite radically um it still had that you know it was like a a plant in the garden that's just dying to survive and it was just going like I need, I want. And I started getting into that and reading all about the gut microbiome and looking at that it wasn't just food, that it was lifestyle, that it was a holistic. It's much like a garden. I always said to my clients, if you look at a garden, if you, you 
one, you need really good soil to plant a garden in. You don't, you, your, your plants don't grow. But that's not the only thing. You need water, you need sunshine, you need to be aware of too cold, it's too hot, something comes through, there's pests and this. And that's really what our gut microbiome is. When I started looking at it holistically, I literally changed my health. Now, I don't have any back pain whatsoever. Zilch. Absolutely nothing. And now I'm talking about not being able to walk at all. No eczema. My, I've reached and maintained a healthy weight now for, you know, over 10 years. And this is all through those menopause years. And, and I just wanted to reach out to women to say, this is not your lot in life. Um, because it was very much prescribed that that was my lot in life. And well, you can't do much about it. You've got eczema, you've got eczema. You've got hay fever, you've got hay fever. You've got allergies, you've got chronic pain. Then, you know, it's probably rheumatoid arthritis, this and that. But now we know the link to rheumatoid arthritis and the gut microbiome and, and fibromyalgia and all the chronic yeah. diseases. And it comes from that basis of our gut microbiome. So, yeah, so I sort of fell into it and I, and I am so glad that I did. And my illness is, you know, something really good has come out of it. And I just want to be able to say to women, this doesn't happen. Because it really, at the, at the first point, you think there is, if you've gone so far down that rabbit hole, there is no coming back. And I think that's what most women think and we've been told. And it's not, I've got three young grandchildren now. I run around with them. I hold them. I pick them up. I, I do all these things that I couldn't do with my own children when I was, you know, in my 40s because my back was so bad. And so, you know, it's, I, I really, yeah, it's, um, so yeah, so that's sort of how I fell out over it. And then over the last 10 years, it's gone, you know, crazy. Wow. That, that is just, oh, that's a beautiful story. And it's a story of being empowered in many ways to, to change our own health. And I think that, that lies when you hear that. And I mean, it, it's incredible what you talked about, but I'm, sadly, it's not unusual to meet women who are in this space. You know, we're struggling with our weight. We can feel immense emotional issues too, as well as as pain. But maybe what is the gut microbiome? Because although we talk about it, yeah. I wonder. You know, people thinking, yeah, that's interesting. I've heard of it, but but what, what is, is it? Is yeah. it what is it? And, and, and you know, what does it so, say in our? You know, health? it was it 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 really um, when when they sort of discovered about the gut microbiome, who who they're hoping to sort of make. Um, you know, have it classified as the largest organ in the body, which is the skin at the moment, but um, is what they started looking at first is there was a huge increase in disease in about, starting in about the 1970s. So coming out of the 60s, in the 1780s, huge diseases increase in, you know, cardiovascular disease and, um, you know, obesity and, I mean, all of them, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, everything. And so when they started looking at it, they started looking at the collection of cells in the body and they realized that 90% of the body, so we have 110 trillion cells in our body and 100 trillion of those are what we call a gut microbiome. So they're basically essentially bacteria, fungi, protozoa. They're just a collection of bacteria and these bacteria perform a function. So it's like the bacteria in our soil that performs a function to keep the, the soil healthy. We know that if we have that really mulchy-rich soil, we have a really, really healthy But if we have that sandy, clay, nothing, lifeless soil, we'll have nothing. So 
they found out that it was the gut microbiome. So most of this bacteria inhabited in our gut, that is in the large intestine. So we go mouth, into the stomach, small intestine, six metres of that, and then to the last, very much 1.5 metres of the large intestine. Most reside there, but we also have a skin microbiome, an oral microbiome, a lung microbiome, a urogenital microbiome. So we even have an eye microbiome. So we have it all located in there. And what these bacteria do, they're they're living little creatures. And what they do is they are influenced not just by the food, but also by the lifestyle. And I think this is where so many women that we get it right, where we're on these diets. I mean, look at the covers of magazines, oh, would you? Oh, I mean, if it lose five kilos in one week, do this, do that. I was like, well, I could do that. You look after my kids and clean my house. I probably won't even need to do that. But it's all about this food, food, food. Yeah. But the microbiome, basically these little things are like the plants in your garden. So you could give beautiful soil, beautiful water, lovely sunshine, but if a cyclone comes through, it wipes it out. And this is all these lifestyle elements. So our gut microbiome basically thrive on this harmonious, and just have to be harmonious because we know that if you've got kids like I have, that harmony is probably never going to be something that you should aim for. But, but what we know is that these gut microbiome, they produce these short-chain fatty acids. So once they are fed and once they're kept alive by not just food but our lifestyle, and, you know, what they do is they produce these short-chain fatty acids, um, propionate, butrate, I mean, people don't need to know that, yeah. these little things. Yeah. So think of them as glitter for the body. And what they do is they go everywhere in our body and they keep our, they, the bacteria that are involved in keeping us thin. I mean, I don't think I've stepped, stepped on a scale for 10 years. No. I, I know what my weight is. I feel, feel healthy. But these short-chain fatty acids basically go around the body and keep our liver functioning, our heart functioning. They keep our cholesterol down. They yeah. keep pain away. They do all. They modulate our immune system, our mood. I mean, ninety-five percent of serotonin is in the gut, yes. in, in enterochromaffin cells. And so, yes, they work in the neurotransmitters in our brain, but they they're located in our gut. So our mood, our immunity, so these are little bacteria. But a lot of people think that, okay, well, I'll just, they're there and they'll always be there. But they have a cycle of living and dying and living and dying. And when they are alive, they can reproduce and create a thousand more likewise. And I suppose most of us know things like lactobacillus and bifobacterium. Yeah. They're like the ones that we see in yogurt, the most common. <laughs> but there's over like 10,000 bacteria that have been identified and they, and they literally say they have not even scratched the surface no. of looking at the bacteria that keep us healthy. It's amazing. And so, amazing. It's just yeah, this lib- yeah. living organism almost inside ourselves that keeps us well. And, of course, lifestyle such an important factor because I think you're right. It's all about eat kimchi. Yeah, well. You know, I eat kimchi, yeah. okay, and I eat. Yeah, I how eat, much kimchi can you well, eat? Well, about <laughs> about this much on a plate, yeah. and I'm kind of done with it for the for the week, really, particularly. And yes, we can eat the yogurts, but you're right; it's these other factors, the lifestyle factors, and maybe we'll just delve in so people know what we're talking about here. But they are yeah. the ones. Well, like 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 you working with women in menopause, you know the the. The, the biggest problem that we face is not about, you know, having a bit of yoga. I mean, look, I get women that come to me, have a bit of yoga, have a bit of kimchi on this, but they are still going through all those issues that 
I went through myself. And the thing is, is that stress. So we know now that like a two-hour stressful episode has more of an impact on the microbiome integrating than than a course of antibiotics. Now, a course of antibiotics can disrupt the microbiome by 30%. So it can reduce beneficial bacteria by 30% and also it takes four years to recover. So if people think about it like this, like you've you've got your garden and you've got your beautiful soil. Now put food, but then you need water and then you need yeah. obviously sun. No sun, it dies. Um, big cyclone comes through, it dies, it gets eroded. And what happens then is in the absence of those good bacteria, pathogenic bacteria go, wow, this is great. There's heaps of room like weeds in our garden and take over. And it's these weeds. So while the beneficial gut flora create these short chain fatty acids, unfortunately, weeds, which we all know seem to grow anywhere and they do in our gut as well, they produce lipopolysaccharides, which are like a... It's sort of like with that COVID, with that cytokine storm, that very inflammatory response. They create inflammatory markers in the body. So all of a sudden, your your pathogens are on the increase and your beneficial bacteria, and you start getting into this inflammatory cycle, what we call dysbiosis instead of eubiosis, where we've got all our garden. Now, one of the things about stress, and I know women say to me, are you kidding me? What do you mean? I work all day. I come home. I've got to go and get stuff ready for dinner. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. One of the biggest things that we, what we try and teach women in what we do is, and I work with the behavioral health specialist is you, you need to, you don't, things don't have to suffer. We're not talking about selfishness. We're talking about priority first, changing that priority. Very hard for women. It was very hard for me because women's worth are put on raising children, doing this. You know, I mean, even when you drop kids to school, you know, looking good and doing this and chatting away when you're just about dying in the background. Of course, a man takes the kid to school and they're like a superhero that, oh, isn't your husband great? He takes the kids to school. And you're like, hang on a second. I do it 90% of the time, you know. So women... And and look, I mean, sorry, listeners, but women, we're we're our own worst enemies, yeah, and we, we are. are very hard. So, so we live this. Everything has to be perfect, and we're always doing for others. What do the kids need? Yeah. What are you know? Even if you haven't partnered, that's great. You know, you they're the caretakers, but they're not yes. the caretakers of themselves. And without that change and the wanting to change. Yeah, Because if you're not willing to say, okay, I mean, most people don't know how. That's yeah. the biggest thing, isn't it? People well, don't, exactly. how do I do it? I've, how do I do it? But one of the biggest things is working out how you can prioritize certain things. Yeah. And the biggest thing is also in delegating. And that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a very hard thing for women to do because very hard. they like it just so. Yes, we do. So stress isn't. So you, you're sort of beating your head against a brick wall if you keep going down that route of food, food, food. You only punish yourself. People say to me, oh, do you eat this? Do you eat? Well, I eat everything. When I was in Switzerland, I was having the cheese. When I was yep. in France, I was having the croissants. When I was here, yes. I was in the UK, I had my bangers and mash. I did. I, I, I eat anything. Food. Is yes, okay, yeah. some kimchi and yogurts, and the variety is, I could, if I wanted to say what something to your listeners is, 
variety is probably the most important getting out of yes. that rut of Monday's this, Tuesday this, Wednesday's that. But without having the looking at those lifestyle elements, i.e. the stress and finding ways to address and, and what we do and working through that, you really are setting yourself up for disappointment. Yes. Because you are stuck in this, take a pill, do this, you know, skinny up between. I mean, I get a lot of women who say, I've got a wedding in a month. Can I need to lose like 15 kilos? And I'm like, well, you probably have a leg amputated. That's probably the best I can help you with, you know, but it's like this and that. Yeah. And that as well is very damaging because it's a stress it's a stress. of the microbiome. So while you can do it, and I think a lot of women will say to you the same thing, which is like, they've done this rash diet bad thing to get ready for a wedding or this or that and then afterwards they fall into not only just putting on that weight but then extra again because the body's going what are you doing to me maybe you're not going to feed me again and so we have a a brilliant brain that then goes better hold on to everything just in case she doesn't feed me again yes what happened and you we look at stress as just being a lot of people talk about, oh, stress. Well, I'm not really stressed. I'm not, you know, no one's died or there's not a divorce or whatever. But the stress is all these non-obvious yeah. stresses, the worry, yeah. the frustration, the resentment, the fear, yeah. the anger, the to-do list, all those things represent the stress. And then yes. what they do. So the minute we, you know, we wake up in the middle of the night where our to-do list are, well, you're activating the hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis. So here we get a flood of the messages, glucocorticosteroids, Cortisol, yes. adrenaline, noradrenaline, raise it. Well, glucocorticosteroids love the abdominal area. Oh, <laughs> they just go. Oh, they and this is what women are saying. Women are saying, oh, I think it's just my hormones. But also the gut microbiome modulates estrogen and progesterone it production. It does. So it, these, the, the, we, keep, we keep trying for a top-down approach, but it's actually the bottom-up oh. approach yes. that we need. And so we keep going, oh, we'll just put in food, 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 but it's bringing what's underneath. And we're not talking about, I mean, I, I run two businesses. I have three yeah. kids, three grandchildren. Yes. I've got elderly parents. I do all of that. It, we're not talking about stopping life. We're talking about a repriority yes. because Every time you do those, the diets and the and the going without, what you do is you stop. You essentially you look at your garden. What you're doing is you you start getting these beautiful plants that are growing, and by doing these fad diets and restriction, whatever, you're starving them. Yes. So what happens is they die off. But if anyone looks at weeds in their garden, it doesn't matter what conditions are going on. Yeah, they grow. I've got oh, them yeah. coming out of bricks in the driveway. Oh, yes. I mean. And that our pathogens are exactly the same, yes. very opportunistic. And what happens is that when we get that imbalance and they basically take hold, they manipulate their way, our way of thinking. There was a really amazing study yeah. in 2014 how pathogens, how the gut microbiota yeah. manipulates host eating behavior and yep. it makes us irritable and it makes us do all these things. And so the awareness around that is crucial. I know it when is. we start with our program and we're getting people ready and they'll talk about like, well, when's, what, what's, where's the food element? Yeah, where's the food yeah. element? I said, don't worry. It's no. coming. We, you know, we'll know that. But yes, 
It's that piece. It's the coming down. It's the grounding. It's the activating the parasympathetic nervous. And you and I feel like we're talking the same language because I'm always telling women, you know, it's becoming present. It's prioritizing. It's cutting out the things that don't serve you, that are sucking the energy out of you so that you can even begin to consider maybe changing your diet because you, you know, that's not the first, but that's quite hard. That's what I mean. It's hard. I always say to people, well, I say to people, you know what healthy food is. I, I, I could ask anyone, I ask my five-year-old granddaughter what healthy food is. They know, they know. right? And in fact, I did this little thing with my a three-year-old granddaughter yesterday. I had her in the afternoon. She was, had the stethoscope. She was doing this. And I said, she, she says, oh, I said, oh, you're the doctor. Can you help me? And I said, oh, I'm not feeling well. Can I have chocolate? She goes, no. And I said, can I have an apple? She goes, yeah. Now, three years old, she knows. We all know. We know. Okay? But the difference is is what we're drawn to with food because we haven't got time. We can't be bothered. Yeah, it's yeah. too busy. It's too hard. It's all these things. And so where do we create that space? And I know what women, I think this is where you have to be at the point where it's all too much with your health because even at, when I was struggling with my weight and pain, it wasn't until I was basically hospitalized I was going, oh, my God. And it's and I think people did say to me, look, you've got to do less, you've got to do that. And I was just sort of like, shut up, don't tell me, don't tell me. I, you yeah, you yeah. don't understand. How do no. I do it? How do I do it? I'd come home with all the groceries. The kids would be, I had teenage boys laying on the sofa, but I just about lost it with them. They stumbled yeah. off like cockroaches. And the, it was like <laughs> every day was like groundhog dogs screaming yeah. at the kids. It was horrible. I even say to my children now who are young adults, I just say, I'm so sorry. And they were like, mum. We're so not to know, you know, it's my job. But how do you you how do you create that space to do it? And like you said, it being in the moment, but how do you be in the moment? I always say that what women are doing is that remember plate spinning. Remember when we school and you spin a plate. <laughs> yeah, that's what well we women do. are spinning a million plates, but they let their own plate, their health. Down. Now that spins down. That's at the bottom of the list. If you ask, yeah. and we're not, you know, judging because I've done exactly what Natalie did, Me? and I had to crash and burn before I could change. Uh, and yes. for me, it was mindfulness that my regular listeners know because that was the journey back for me, and I couldn't make that journey. I mean, you know, I was broke, completely broken by my yeah. the anxiety, but it, you yeah. had to go there to be able to change. But where was I? And I say, same as you, where are you on your to-do list? And you probably look and you think, Some, yeah. somewhere near the bottom, or I'm not on the list. But everything else no. we think we've got to do is on the, on the list. Exactly. And, and you're so right. And I think it's very much the human condition. I mean, I know with my children, you know, you try to stop them from making mistakes. And, you know, my daughter, she, I think she's smashed into like, the back end of people three times now. And drive slow, drive slow. But they almost have to do it three times to be able to get it. And I think we're the same. We reach the point. We keep trying to juggle it, find a different way and a different way and a different way. And that's not because by depleting our gut microbiome, we actually create the extra stress because there's an internal stress. So yes. we get a double whammy. We get the External keep coming, the internal coming up, and it's just the perfect storm. And so, yes, we can address and help this with food and lifestyle and sleep patterns, all the rest of it. But if this storm outside, and and look, I I understand people don't know how to, and you know, people like yourself teach them. I mean, I've done mindfulness as well. I worked with I worked with a mindfulness instructor, and we do we run um, courses here, and we talk about that 
the importance. And people think that, oh, well, I haven't got time to sit down for an hour a day and da da da. Well, you don't. We don't you don't have to start, and you don't need to start there. Nobody starts. We we there's a little incremental thing coming yes. home, sitting down, delegating, all the rest of it. And yeah. and I always yeah. say to people, I say, look, you know, part of my problem, and and I think this is well, maybe it's only me. But I sort of created my own monsters because I did so much for my children and did this. I mean, they were very good. They did stuff as well. But because yes, yeah. I was sort of always, we create our own monsters. And then we wonder how we're going to change this because no one's helped us. How do we ask for help? But it's very important. Where do we find ourselves yeah. on that to-do list? And then how do we, how do, we do it that yeah, we get that. up to the top? So while yes. food is really important, and so just like your garden, you can't yeah. grow a plant if there's no soil and no. it has to be good soil. So food, I always say to women, food composes probably about 30% of a healthy yeah. gut microbiome. Yes. 70% is, is modulated by lifestyle. That's huge. So That's huge. And, yeah. and so it, it's really wrong the way it's being messaged out there because what we're seeing all the time is eat this huge variety and people go oh, 30 different plant, but plant, plant, I can't do that you know and I'm saying to them, well it? that might just be a spice it might just be a herb you know exactly. dial, it back, dial it back a little bit you know we're not asking you to eat 30 different types of vegetables all week I and mean, that would be hard for anyone even a vegetarian might go woo and then and then you know, this 70%, I mean, and it becomes even more important, doesn't it, in, in perimenopause and menopause because so much else is changing. Yeah, and I think it's the it's a, one of the great things about perimenopause is it's just, it's, it's a real line in the sand and to me it's a line in the sand yeah. to go to a new life and to take the opportunity of like, I don't have to be because kids are growing up and leaving home and going off to uni. And so your, your role changes as, as yeah. a mother, you're not having yes. to do the same things. And so it's, it's a great opportunity, but getting back to what you said about the sturdy plants and the food and all the rest of it, I think why there's such a focus on the food and all the rest of it is because it's so marketable. We can sell people yeah. a pill, a probiotic, a kimchi, a food, do this you know, a powder that's got 30 vegetables in it and all the rest of it. But how do you mark, how do you even market that, you know, I mean, I know there's mindfulness courses, but yeah. the, the teaching of that inner self of bringing things down is not marketable in the same way. So if yeah. you look at whatever becomes popular, I remember years ago it was omega-3s and all of a sudden omega-3s are in our bread and milk and everything. Then it was something else. It was vitamin D and now it's probiotics. And so there's probiotics in everything. It doesn't change people's health because one of the really interesting things about probiotics, unless they have a food source, i.e. a variety of vegetables to eat, they don't survive. Okay. So you're basically yeah. just popping it in and pooping it out. There is no help. They actually need something to survive and thrive and pass on to your own Thank bacteria. You. Think of them as probiotics are like mother birds. And so, you know, the mother eagle, she's got a yes. little baby. She goes off and she gets yeah. that. Um, you know, the rabbit or something like that. But she basically had to break it down and then obey. Well, pro works the same way. It comes in the body, it takes the food, it breaks it down, and it gives it to our own beneficial bacteria. Yeah. And so without that, we are basically just in, out, in, out. So, you know, yeah. 
I see now there's so much research around, you know, creating probiotics that target, you know, fibromyalgia or oh. rheumatoid arthritis was the latest one and all the rest of yeah. it. You know, certainly it's a lot better option than so many pain meds or antidepressants or sure. all these sorts of things. So it's certainly a more natural one. But I've, I, I fear that people will think that's the answer and that yeah. it goes still into a different side of pill popping that yes. will give you this without actually looking at the rest of the life that is around that. I agree with you. And I see a huge push in me- in the menopause space now for all these meno supplements. And so oh, yeah. women are taking these, um, or taking hormone therapy and thinking, well, fixed it now. But, yeah. you know, the stress is not addressed. And, and I often yeah. get tremendous pushback when I talk about stress. People go, no, 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 I, I don't. But that's I don't because have it. that will that that will keep playing yeah. out, and it will still have that inflammatory response in the body yeah. and in the brain. Of course, we forget to talk about the fact that many of these inflammatory substances can cross the brain barrier. Yeah, that's right, and they can lead to depression. And yeah. so, some of the depression that we are experiencing is not entirely due to the hormonal change. It's no. also due to these things, and I think. We, it's not at the moment in to talk about this, but it's extremely important. If we never address the stress, we're actually never going to be able to manage our menopause symptoms, are we? No, no, that's right. And also, I mean, look, HRT, you know, like I, I, things have a role. Like I, I think, you know, if, if life is so bad and you need, you know, an antidepressant is going to sort of get you up and moving, they have a role. But all of these things were only ever tended to short term to give you yes. the space to work on everything. Mm-hmm. They were never yeah. intended as long term, you know, very, very short term to, to get it. But I see women, they'll come to me and they're like, oh, HRT, I don't have any flushes, but they're still carrying excess weight. They've still got joint yes. pain. They've mm-hmm. still, you know, they've got all those things that are still happening. So while that can just like stop something that gives you a bit of better sleep and sort of just sort of takes that pressure off, they are not they, they can't fix, they can't no. fix the issue. And the, the thing is, is like, I mean, I had women, they were come to me on antidepressants, blood pressure medication and HRT mm-hmm. and all this, and they're off all of them and they can't believe it. Yes. And one of the biggest things is revolving around putting yourself first, working yes. about how to put themselves first and bit by yes. bit, just like a baby goes from, you know, laying down to sitting up to crawling to walking it's yeah. very very slow I mean I've got a friend um and she she started doing marathons when she was you know in her 50s and I said oh it's amazing what you're doing with she's well I didn't start just running one I started doing a kilometer for weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks and then two yes. and then three and then eventually yes. the marathon and it, I think women want to do everything now I think oh, it's yeah. a we want to do everything now. I want to get it. Well, yeah. well, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it this weekend. You know, I think you're like, huh? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. But the slowing down is it. And I was. I, sounds like you were too. Yeah. Absolutely I mean, crazy. Crazy. Like, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Long hours, single yes. mom, trying to do. And you said that. Do it all, be it all, and have it all, all at once. And life And you know the really like interesting. But isn't that really interesting? Like I said, you and I said, "What are you waiting for?" I said, and I, I, I said this to this woman who was having a, a struggle, and I said, "Look, I know this sounds really, really terrible." She's, 
you know, no one will help me and all the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. And the kids won't help. And And I said, if you got cancer tomorrow and you needed to go and stop work and do chemotherapy, because she was like the work and the kids and you don't understand, I've got to work late and work needs this. And I said, but if you got cancer tomorrow, what would have to happen? She goes, oh, they'd have to find someone else at work. So they'd have, kids would have to step up. And my, and I said, so why are we waiting? Why are we always waiting for things to get? We can ask for it now, little yeah. bit, so that we don't have to wait huh? until those things hit it. Uh-huh. So, because if you ask anyone, what would you do if this happened? Oh, well, I, you know, I tell work I couldn't work as much because I've got, you know, my chemo yeah. and I've got my this and, and all the rest of it. And yet we, we just keep on pushing the envelope. We're almost yeah. waiting for it to explode. Yeah. And I think you're right. Perimenopause becomes so often the line in the sand. Because the symptoms dial mm-hmm. right up to a point that we don't function like we did at 30. And I think that's, that's often the real shock that that has to happen. And we wish, I bet you and I both wish that people were oh. proactive. You know, we're like, please. But, but we don't until we hit that wall. And I think that's what a lot of this journey is about to say, right, I can't go on like this. I have to change some fundamental aspects of my life, Mm. not just what I eat, but everything has to be reviewed in a way that it can be put back together so much better. Yeah, it is. You almost have to, you know, and I think that's what it is. It almost has to like be destroyed. I think, you know, and then, yeah, like you said, put it back together. We've got a client at the moment and she's putting together a jigsaw of the Mona Lisa and she's tracking her journey with the jigsaw puzzle. And she said, I feel like I'm putting back together the pieces and finding these pieces and seeing signs of me and all the rest of it. And they all realize it comes down to like, yes, they're all important. The food's important. The sleep's important. The hydration's important. A bit of movement. All those things are important. But without addressing that beacon of mm-hmm. stress, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, sorry to say to women, you know, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, is that you are never going to get on top of building a very healthy. And what happens is, is that because you build a really healthy, beneficial gut microbiome that keeps feeding and all the rest of it. I mean, yeah. I used to remember driving in Japan. I mean, God, I was a mental driver and I would be screaming and crazy and all the rest of it. I thought that crazy foreigner. And I just don't, and I, and I talk to women and women go, oh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm beeping my horn and don't do this and that. And no. I said, I don't, not do I not do it anymore. I have no, nothing comes up. If someone pulls in front of me, I just go, come on, off you go, come on. Now, it's, there's the fundamental change. You, you actually forget who you were. Like, I feel like I've met my old self. I feel like I've met my 20-year-old yeah. self. I feel like, yes. oh, my God, where have you been missing all my... I remember you now. You were never angry. Yes. You were never horrible. You were never screamed. You were fun. Where did you go? And it's that discovering of that. I have women that they're now in their, you know, their 50s, their 60s and going, my whole trajectory of life where I thought it was going and where it's going yeah. is different. But it's a, you know, you improve the gut microbiome, the gut microbiome improves your mood. You improve your mood and improves your gut microbiome. Improves your gut microbiome, improves your mood. And so you have the, what we call this virtuous cycle. So most people are in a vicious cycle, yes. downward spiral. Yeah, but yeah. the virtuous spiral 
just keeps on giving. And the more, the yeah. better you feel, the more you relax. And then you make better food choices. You make better food choices. Yes, you, you do. Better gut health. You better gut health, better mood. And it yeah. just, and all of a sudden, I think that's the biggest thing. Like I had husbands that say to me, thank you for giving me my wife back. Yeah. I wondered where they go. I thought, well, sometimes you're a bit responsible for that because you probably should have done more around the house. But anyway, that's another thing. That's but, a different uh, thing. <laughs> but it's so like that, we have this funnel that goes like that and the only place is to crash. And in some ways, you know, we build a funnel that looks like that. And I mean, if we slip a bit on the top, fun, on the better end, we don't slip to the bottom. We might up no. and down because life, life throws things at you. It throws curveballs at you all the all time. time. But you don't crash down till you're there. And I think that's, that's called the exhaustion funnel. There's a very well-known Swedish neuroscientist. She's still working. She's 85. She's a professor oh, of yeah. neuroscience. And she created this and she said, it's the, it's the women that suffer the most that slip down yeah. the funnel. And it is the most conscientious, dedicated, wonderful people in life and work that fall down the bottom because we have to do it all. We have to yeah. be good at it all. And then there isn't space to do it all and have it all and all the rest. No. no. We get this idea that, yeah, that no one else could do it. And, and you know, I had that thing when I was hospitalized and then I was just laying in bed. And I couldn't walk because my back, the pain was so bad. You know, I just had to let things go and you had yeah. to let it be done the way it was done, even though I was sort of like looking sort of like, you know, at a tick in my eye thinking <laughs> that probably needs, you know, that cushion needs to be puffed up a bit, you know, and all the rest of it. So, I, you know, we, you, we get that, but it yeah. doesn't serve us. And it doesn't mean, I mean, I, you know, I think I have a tidy house and that's lovely and all the rest of it. We're, we're oh, not yeah. saying that we, you, you have to drop it all. In fact, yeah. we're, we're saying the very opposite, that by looking at this mindfulness aspect and not being that I had to, you know, to do it, but in that moment, you know, in that moment, yeah. you're cooking, you're cooking. Yes. You know, you're sitting, you're sitting, all those things, but we try and we, and, and I don't think, you know, the digital devices certainly haven't helped in no. that, you know, that, that dopamine hit, we see, we do, we get, and what do we need? And then it's selling us another product and all the rest yeah, yeah. of it. And so, yeah. um, it's, I, I just, it's a, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs and that women have been sort of down to the sort of the last bit on the totem, you know, the very lowest of the totem pole. But it, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, if I could just ploy your listeners to find ways of, you know, so yes, certainly, you know, the we, fundamentals of food, eat a variety, it's good. Yes. I mean, we were forced into seasonal eating when, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, 60 in six months time and I'm a yeah. child of the 60s. We were forced into seasonal eating because it wasn't food coming from other countries and no. all the no. rest of it. it was it was Brussels, Brussels sprout season. It was Brussels oh, sprout was, season. Yeah. And you suffered yes. it, you know, and you did like that. And so we, we got that natural variety that feeds our microbiome. So that yes. was, we always had that. Whereas now, because we have food all the time from anywhere, I don't have to eat a variety of fruit. I can just eat bananas all the time or mangoes mm -hmm. all the time or whatever I want. So variety is very essential for a healthy yes, gut microbiome. Yes. More so than actually having to have all the fermented. So people will go, oh, yeah. I'll put it in like yeah, a tea yeah. or have kimchi or have that. But then they no. neglect the fact that there is no variety. So variety is 
certainly very important and 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 not having foods that are processed because the yes. preservatives the 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 fake sugars you know the the well, sorbitols and the mannitols the and all the rest of it they disrupt the gut gut microbiome they do. hugely and they cause they a, a, an even greater amount increase in weight um they do. so you know we're looking at whole foods and again we don't have to yeah. go back to yeah. you know living a life like you know a little house on the prairie, which I'm sure everyone will remember as well. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, we're not going not. out, we're having to, you know, make the bread and all to do that. But there's certainly now better choices that we can make that things aren't overly processed and um, have all the salts and the sugars and all those things. So the destruction, yes. those sorts of things uh, are very destructive. So yeah. foods that increase and foods that diminish, you know, yeah. the variety, the yeah. whole foods and all the rest of it. Thing, you know, yes. you know, we... Certainly wild plants, so the gut microbiome basically survives on fiber. So plants yes. give us that gracious amount of fiber. Um, they However, yeah. and, and they only actually, are, the our bacteria only use 1% of protein for their energy source. So the whole high yes. protein keto diet, it, and we're not, yeah, it doesn't no, work. No, it's, it's very it destructive. Work. Very it, destructive. It is, and I, and I see women on it who really are, don't look well. Quite frankly, they don't look well. They're not getting enough of a balanced nutrition. They're not getting enough carbohydrates, which is still the, the fuel of the body. I mean, whether we like that, that's 50, 60% of our daily intake. I think we think, it's you basic know, fuel to keep it running. But don't you think they think of carbohydrates as, you know, as like all carbs, like potatoes and this and that. I mean, my idea yeah. of resistant starch potatoes are an excellent yeah. resource for the yeah. microbiome. But oh, they when, are. When, yeah, and we're not talking about carbs as in white bread and donuts and big cookies no. and all the rest of it. We're looking carbohydrates. I say to people, unfortunately, poor little carbohydrates are bad now, but our vegetables and fruit are all carbohydrates that feed yes. our gut microbiome. All the different types yes. of it. You know, oats, yes. better glucans, the, you know, the inulin, that like all those soluble, insoluble fiber. But, yes. So, you know, that's very important. But without that addressing of, Bringing that, you know, even sleep. I mean, sleep coincides yeah. with the circadian rhythm of the mm-hmm. digestive system. So when we don't yes, sleep well, does. well, why don't we sleep well? Very little got to do with food. It's mostly got to do with stress. I said to my clients, when you wake up in the middle, yeah. you wake up yeah. and think, oh, I feel like eating. Or do you think, or does a to-do list come into your mind? So, you know, Absolutely. strategies around yeah. that. And so it's very much yes. just retooled. Women need to be retooled. We've almost forgotten yeah. how to so to retool women into where do we what do we do where's our first aid when when we wake up in the mind and these thoughts come in our mind what can we do where can we go yes do some resonant breathing bring it down stop that sympathetic nervous activation bring into the parathymic bring it down Absolutely. and then even yes. if it is okay i mean i have i always have a notepad and pad next to my my bed the fact that it's there it hardly ever gets used but there are times that I think okay this is going through my mind I just sit up write it down and I write it down I put it aside it's out of my head it's onto the paper back to sleep and back to sleep and so I'm just being calm at that time whereas women are then I haven't said and then the tension creates in the brain the inability for it to come down. And then we're awake for four hours and wriggling, and then we fall for one hour, and then we've got to get up, and then we're exhausted. So you're right. It's, yeah. it's the toolkits. It's having a, 
a baseline diet, like you said, the soil that gives us the, the space for the plants to grow, then add in some extra toolkits so you get better sleep, and then you start to work on managing the stress yeah. bit by bit. That's right. And it's just, you know, like we say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I mean, that's the only yeah. way you can do it. You, well, not that I'm advocating eating an oh. elephant, but, you know, they're just that, no, we have to. But yeah. what people are trying to do, they're trying to create a healthy gut microbiome with food. Their inner garden is overrun with mm. weeds, with pathogens, yeah. and they're trying to yes. find space to, to get a good plant, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. They yeah. have to be cleared. There has to be space to yes. do that, and it's creating yes. that space. With that, and I know, like most women, go, you, you don't understand. I've got this. I got, and I said, no, I do understand. I do understand. Yes. And there is a way. I know you can't see it. It's like you know when you, you know, when you first get, um, you're doing driving lessons. I remember driving with my mother. She was like, right, well, I'm not teaching you anymore. And my father stepped in because he was very calm. <laughs> but you know how you cannot figure out, like he would say, right, put it into second gear, turn your indicator, and turn the corner, and then take the. And you thought. It, it can't be done. I remember shouting no. to my father saying, you don't get it. You can't do that, do that, do this, do clutch, do that and turn at the same time. Because it's, you're so up here, you can't see how it happens. See, but what do we all do? Yeah. We all end up driving a car and we're absolutely fine. We indicate, we turn, we do this, we do that. We don't think anything We don't think about it. it. So the, the initial relearning, restructuring, finding how to do it, yeah, it can be that I can't. We most women go, but I can't. I can't. How do I do that? How does that work? I can't. Yeah. I can't. How did you yeah. learn to drive a? How did you? How, how did you raise a child? There was no handbook for that one, but we all no, managed to. No, there's no to, handbook for those. <laughs> yet we all seem to manage <laughs> to naturally. So when we start yeah. connecting with that, and we really find out that our really that gut intuition, our gut microbiome starts to go into a into a state of eubiosis, it almost feels like, yeah, my, my children, because, I mean, God, they got caught in the crossfire. They were, I think my my daughter was yeah. like, tw I had a 12-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 20-year-old at the time when I was in my worst um, uh, state. And yeah. they they say, now, Mum, it's like you're a different person. It, yeah. My son says the same. Yeah. He says exactly the same. You know, mum, you're so different because all I did was scream and then he'd say to me, all you do is scream and then you don't listen. I know. And that's what I did, you know, and I said, well, I haven't got time to sit and talk to you, you know, you need to get this done and yeah, I need help. Yeah. And it was always up here. And you just, I know, yeah. you talked about, I thought, well, they'll all need therapy. I said to the kids, I said, oh, well, you're keeping the whole industry alive. You can go and get therapy. I've messed <laughs> your brain up, you know. But it is. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and so yeah. they see, and, but also too, they've witnessed it. They've witnessed that with food and lifestyle, no, no, I wasn't on anything that yeah. I changed my whole health and life and trajectory to being, I, I would say, as healthy as I was in my 20s. Moving, we do yoga, we just, we, uh, like, I couldn't, even, if someone yeah. said do yoga, I thought, well, I can't do that. I can't get on the floor. I'm in agony or, or get on the floor. I can't get back up. Yeah. No. But again, these little bits. So we don't have to go whole hog. It's just that it's little incremental changes 
to, to bring it in. And, and our families do want us to be ha- healthy and happy, but they, they don't want to come near us because we bite. So yeah. women will say, I did the same thing. Well, how do I do it? No one will help me. But because you're so angry and all the rest of it, your family sort of yeah. does stay away. So it's sort of, you, yes. you, you, you try to move the planets at the same time, but it, gen- it comes around where then families start to go, well, I, you know, wow, I like this better side of you. And so it's the law yes. of attraction rather than. Exactly. You know. exactly. So, yeah, it's, um, Beautiful. it's a huge game changer. It is. It is. And Natalie, I just want to thank you for coming here and sharing this perspective on the gut microbiome. It resonated greatly with you. And I hope that my listeners, you've gained so much more and don't just think it's about kimchi and, and, and yoga. It's, it's deeply connected. And that 30, 70, 30% is food and 70% of lifestyle is a figure that is going to stick with me. Natalie, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's lovely chatting to you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.